seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live, radio contact. Devon the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week as ever we have Paul Whiteside. How's week been mate? Yeah, very good, very good. I was working at the weekend while you was enjoying yourself going watching the Rugby League so I didn't have the best of weekends but uh, no, um, doing doing alright, doing okay. I'm just hoping I can get my dad fit to the, to the match on Thursday. He's been in today and had a new knee, a new metal knee done so uh, he's had to stay in overnight so I'm going picking him up tomorrow or my mum is so... Uh, Hoping to get him to the game on Thursday because it's 51 years next week since his first game. So uh, it's a massive game against Cass as well. So I want to get in there. So I'm panicking about that a bit. But other than that, mate, I'm doing work very well. Very well, thank you. Yeah, we're wishing a uh, senior white side a, a, sport, a speedy recovery after a, after his knee up. You know, I suppose it's it's difficult anyway. It, knees. It's uh, you know, is, he, is it keeping mobile on mobile now? Because obviously you don't want that tightening up. Obviously a new joint. Well, it's funny, we went to a retirement do on uh, on Saturday night, and my dad was there, one of his old mates, and I was talking to a few of the lads from years ago, and one of his mates said to me, he said, bloody hell, he's been complaining about his knee since 1976, so <laughs> when he was like 18, so uh, so yeah, he's always had sort of dodgy knees, but yeah, he's getting better now, so uh, he's a nice metal knee, he'll be back in, uh, back to full fitness soon, hopefully. Yeah, I went to watch uh, Folly. On Saturday, glorious sunshine. Uh, they did take a bit of an hammering, but you'll you tell us all about that in the uh, in the amateur report, Paul. But it was a fantastic uh, weekend spent with my family. Uh, you know, watching rugby league and you know in the sunshine in the summer. That's what it's all about. You know, fans talk about you know how summer rugby. You know how it moved the game forward, and you know games like that do. You know, sat on the sideline. You know, watching uh, watching sport. Yeah, they certainly do. It was a belting weekend, wasn't it? Saturday was a great day. I was stuck in work all day Saturday and, uh, you know, it was it was great watching the world go by. I ended up in Glossop on uh, Saturday afternoon. Lovely part of the world, that as well, in the sunshine. So, uh, just a bit of a pain getting home from. But, uh, but yeah, then Sunday was a complete polar opposite day, wasn't it? Really chucking it down. And I just looked at the weather forecast for this week and it looks a bit dicky as well, doesn't it? So, uh, it might be a bit of a miserable night on Thursday. But, but yeah, I don't think that's going to make any odds. I think it's still going to be a, a super atmosphere, isn't it? It's all for on uh, Thursday night. I've got a bit of a dilemma Thursday. I'm supposed to be in Sheffield Thursday. Go like a thing at work, like a day jobber. Finish finish the thing about half three. Should get back, shouldn't I, in an hour, in a couple of hours from Sheffield. Well, you, you probably your best way to go is back down the M1 to Wakefield and just fly down the M62 and you should do it in like an hour. And, I'd say an hour and a half. What time do you finish? It's about four, half four. Should be all right. You know, yeah, I might just have to duck out at the end. You know, like if we're getting a bit, all these things they drag on, don't they? Just a just a training thing. Like don't have to get too excited about it. Uh, but you know, hopefully, I'll do, if it does look like it could be going to sort of five o'clock, I might just yeah slide out. No one will know I'm getting. <laughs> slide the car about two o'clock. Just sneak. You've done that before. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about what's on this week's show, Paul. We're going to look back at the defeat in our first playoff game against Wigan Warriors. Uh, you spoke to Jake Bibby and Chris Wellham after the game. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got your amateur report, and then we're going to preview 
the big game against Casford Tigers on Thursday night. So what we'll do, Paul, I think we'll start with the defeat in our first playoff game against Wigan Warriors. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for a Devils, defeated in their first playoff game of 2019 away at Wigan Warriors, Paul. Uh, what, a, what a brave performance. Probably the, the bravest performance I've seen uh, from, a, from a Salford team in a long, long time. Yeah, it certainly was. And, and let's put it right that Wigan are a, a fantastic team, aren't they? They've had a fantastic run like we are. I think it's just one defeat in 13 matches they've had. So they've come with a real sort of wet sail towards the end of the season. I think they've only lost one since the Magic Weekend, and that was against St. Ellen. So they're, they're, a, they're a tough prospect, aren't they, at the DW Stadium? And I thought it was a great game on, on Friday night. Two sides playing really good rugby league. Proper playoff game, wasn't it? And to be involved in those games, for Salford to be competing. You know, we're the champions as well, and for us to be competing. And I think we took them all the way. I, was, I overheard uh, Oliver Gildart on the way out talking to um, one of the officials from, from Wigan, and he said to him, uh, that's the toughest game we've been in all season. And I... I thought to myself, blimey, that, that, that's something to say that and uh, something to make us proud. So despite the, the defeat, I thought we did ourselves proud and, you know, a great effort. And, you know, we might still get another shot at them. Yeah, obviously looking at the, the team, Paul, uh, you know, a strong lineup uh, put out by Ian Watson. You just you can read it out. I get the pleasure of this this week. Very good, very good. It was nine levels at fullback. Ken C.O., Chris Wellham, Jake Bibby, Kristen Anu, Tui Lola here, and Jackson Hastings with the halfbacks. Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, Gil Dudson, George Griffin, Josh Jones, and Tyrone McCarthy. On the bench was Mark Flanagan, Joey Lusick, Adam Walker, and Ryan Lennon. Yeah, so obviously looking, looking at the game, Paul, uh, we'll start at the beginning. Obviously, Wigan and Salford both in the arm wrestle, it has to be said. Uh, Wigan, we had an early opportunity through Bibby, um, and then Wigan got a penalty and missed it. Um, which kept the sides level. Um, obviously, Wigan missing that first kick. If they'd have got the lead there, it would. It might have changed the whole sort of uh, the way the game flew. But obviously, missing that kick kept us in the arm wrestle, and that was good for us. Yeah, it certainly was. I thought we started off really well, and we started off like playing an enterprising game of rugby league. We can have the first set, didn't we? Then we got the ball, and that first set of six, we kept the ball alive there, and it was a lovely kick through. I think it was Chris Weller who put that kick through. It landed for Gil Dudson. And, you know, with a bit steadier play, we could have scored off that. So it was a really exciting start to the game. And I think it was 25 minutes, 24 minutes when the first try came. And that was um, sort of an error from Chris Willem. I thought he shot out of the line there. But to be fair to him, Oliver Gildat is so quick. His feet are so quick. And he stood him up there with some really good centre play. And uh, it came off um, off a knock on that, though, from Kristen Inney. And I thought he was quite unlucky there. He seemed to have the ball stripped out in a two, two or three-man tackle. So I think we were a bit unlucky with that. But, uh, you know, Wigan got the first try of the match. It's playoff rugby league, Paul, and you know opportunities come. You get a penalty, you try and take advantage of it, and that's what Wigan did. Yeah, you, you can point at Wellham and, and obviously his footwork, you know, getting done. But in pressure cooker atmospheres in, in the playoffs, every every moment matters. And obviously, Gildart is a top top centre. You know, he knew where where the weak where the weak point was in that particular uh, sort of attacking phase, and he took full advantage of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a massive mistake. I'd just say that obviously pressure built on the Salford line, and Wigan took advantage. Yeah, I'd say it was good uh, good centre play from from Oliver Gildat. You know, he's an international player, isn't he? A quality player as well. And uh, you know, we came back into that then, didn't we? Joey Lusick had a try uh, disallowed for I think it was on the field try was. Um, 
wasn't given, was it, by the referee, and they couldn't find any conclusive evidence to to, to, uh, to award the try from that. But we did score on the next play, didn't we? George Griffin went over and levelled the score for us there with you know, a real crash ball, lovely pass from Joey Lusk, actually, and uh, George Griffin going to take some top stopping from there, and he, he scored a good try. Yeah, so obviously talking about the, sort of the referee before that sort of that try, a lot of people have been talking about how you know the so were done by the referee basically and that you know we weren't kind of like given the the correct decisions later on in the game that the club the club incidents we're talking about here but I thought early earlier on in in, in the piece Robert Hicks the referee in a pressure cooker atmosphere of of the playoffs you know made some big decisions for us looking back at the the disallowed try uh from Wigan uh, the crossing motion for, from from them correctly given many referees I think in that situation would have given that and it would have been a twelve point sort of twelve to nil, twelve points to nil ball game at that point. But then the play after Wigan then had a forward pass uh, move sort of disallowed as well. Um, so that could have been eighteen nil with a weaker referee, in in my opinion, in charge. So you need strong officials in big playoff games. And I thought at that point he was doing fantastic. Yeah, um, just one thing I will mention about Robert. Cause I was disappointed with that penalty early on in the first half. He gave a penalty really early. I want Zach Hardik he missed. And I thought, you know, you're talking about playoff rugby league. It's playoff, you know, cooker atmosphere and all that and pressure cooker atmosphere. And I thought you give a real soft penalty there. You know, surely referees should be in tune thinking the players' emotions are running out. It's a playoff game. It's a massive match. And I thought that was a real soft penalty to give. But he seemed to book his ideas up after that. And, you know, he, he came up with some good calls. And I, particularly that, that crossing one. I remember seeing that live and I thought, didn't really see the obstruction there in that. So when you slow it down and watch the replay, my naked eye didn't really see that because I was too busy following the ball. So, uh, no, he did well to, to spot that. And like you said, some referees probably wouldn't have given that. They probably would have played on and uh, allowed the try. So, uh, so yeah, I've not got too much of an axe to ground, grind against him in the first half. I thought, he, you know, the first half was tremendous. I mean, both sets of supporters were on their feet, weren't they, applauding it because it was a, was a humdinger of a first half. It was, Paul. And obviously, as Wigan sort of dropped off, because obviously the two sort of moments went against them. We started to right raise our game, I thought. Um, you know, we had a couple of big opportunities uh, before the Lussick uh, sort of no try. Um, do, do you think it was a try? Obviously, the video referee, inconclusive. Too many bodies in the frame uh, and he can't give what he can't see. I thought he got the ball down. It looked, it looked to me when you, from the angle there that the ball, you could actually see it on the floor conclusively, but... The ball's got to be somewhere, hasn't it? And there was nowhere else for the ball to be but other than on the ground. So I thought it was a try, but he didn't make any odds anyway. We scored, I think, off the next set of six, didn't we? George Griffin went over from uh, from Joey Lussick's pass. It's difficult. We said it on the night, didn't we, about this um, on-field decision of no try and on the field and all that. I think it's a crazy situation because if you send a try up as no try, the video referee's got no choice, really, unless he can see it clear as day. If there's a bit of doubt there, he, he can't give it. So, really, the benefit of the doubt decision, I thought, was a better way of doing it. To me, I'd take that on-field, off-field decision from the referee away from it and just let, if you're going to have a video referee, let the video referee decide on the, the, the evidence that he's got there. So, anyway, it was Sam Ferry and when it was six points apiece, George Griffin went over and, uh, you know, a thoroughly enjoyable first half. George, George Griffin, in my words, I've said we said it a few times on the on the on the podcast. Um, you know, he's not a crash ball merchant, but he did show us that he is with a great try there uh, to tie the scores and a, scar, a try just before our time as well uh, was was a crucial moment in the game because obviously Wigan had put a lot of pressure on us and to go in at half time was certainly a boost for us level. Yeah, it was. We'd had to do a lot of defending in that first half, and so with Wigan, both sides had defended really well. And you know, the start of the second half, we really went for Wigan. Then I thought we did a fantastic move. Nia Levels coming around the back, and that was the fifty-first minute. Ken Seal try claim 
referee give a try on field and it was agonisingly close when his knee was in touch. That would have been a fantastic try. I thought he was really unlucky there not to go in front. And But then two minutes later, a big howler from, from Christian Inu and, uh, and Tommy Lulai went over for Wigan. So that was a soft try to concede that, you know, in a pressure atmosphere, pressure cooker game, as we keep saying, that was a disappointing one to concede. Yeah, obviously, you know, looking back at the the two, well, the first big moment of the game, that that co no try, you know, we we were we were pushing at that point, Paul, weren't we? And you know, if if that got try goes over, you know, we hit the front there, you know, try just before half time, just after half time, whole different ball game uh, for me. Uh, but unfortunately, right decision, I'd say again, um, you know, unfortunately for us. But then obviously Wigan Warriors, they're a playoff side, aren't they? I think. Adrian Lamb, what he said basically to his players at half time, he says, Let's see what Solver can handle this playoff pressure. Let's up the intensity every set one notch. Let's see how far this Salford side can go. And, you know, I thought they went a long, long way. They talk about uh, the Luluai the try and the Inu mistake. For me, it's not a mistake. You know, I'll tell you why, Paul. Because Wigan were pressing us at that point. You know, the defence was, was on top. They were trying to force an error. And the only way you kind of beat that kind of system in that particular situation is to recycle the ball fast. And the only problem with the whole situation was Jake Bieber was stood half a yard too close. If he's stood half a yard back, he catches the ball, and then it's up to him. He can either run through the, the gap created by the wing's defence surging forward, or he can pass it and we go, and we go again and attack the space. It was... It would look for me. People would talk about it as a mistake, but for me, I think that's the kind of thing you need to do when you're under pressure. I totally disagree with you there, Rob. I think there's a time and a place to offload the ball, and it, it's not sort of five yards from your own line, is it? It was a, it was a, it was a silly thing to do. And I mean, how long has Chris Nunu been playing the game for? He's not a young kid. He's a senior professional player, and I just think it was a crazy thing to do. I mean, I'm not blaming. He's had a good season, but it's little things like that sometimes. And what I said it after the game. Those little things you've got to tidy up. The brain farts out, and you don't offload the ball. When you're five year old and playing kids rugby, you don't offload. It's like you don't pass the ball in front of your own line. You don't offload the ball. Like you trying to blame Jake Bibby there. It's not Jake Bibby's fault. I think I think he should have been up the jumper. I get where you're coming from, but it was a crucial time in the game because we had that try charts off from Co, and then two minutes later we can get that try, and then three minutes after that we can score again. So if Co had scored that try, we could have probably won that game. Those two tries killed us, didn't they? And the second try that George Williams scored, I thought that was a massive um, slice of luck because if you remember rightly, the ball went to ground, didn't it? It took a bit of a ricochet, loose ball, could have gone anywhere. We could have picked that up. Excuse my phone going off. And uh, Wigan raced away and George Williams showed great play- pace. So we'll agree to disagree on the Christian Inu incident. For me, Paul, it's playoff football. It's about being switched on for 80 minutes. And every moment and every tackle, you've got to be ready. And and Christian knew there, yeah, Part of me thinks, yeah, why are you doing that? But what he's thinking, he's looking around, he's thinking, we're going to press in here. There's space, there's space somewhere. And if I can get the ball to someone with a bit of pace and a bit of knowledge and a bit of, you know, wide eyes can see the space, we, we, this person can go running through it. The only problem was Jake Bibby was half a yard too close to him. That was the only problem because the games in you talk about Australian Rugby League and how it's all so, so quick and so skillful. It's all about speed. And, and decision making and the Australian Rugby League you see that kind of thing week in week out the ball is moved super fast you know over distances and unfortunately we just weren't able to do it you know in this situation but that's what playoff rugby is all about it's about you know testing yourself at the very highest level and this is what this team is doing at the moment 
Yeah, you asked Wattle on Thursday. What, what he thinks about that? No, I get, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. It is, but it, it was a big, big turnaround in the game. There wasn't if CEO goes over there, we probably wouldn't have even been in that situation, would we? So, uh, but I thought we came back really well. At eighteen twelve, Salford teams in the past there probably would have, you know, collapsed, wouldn't we? And we end up getting beat thirty points to six, wouldn't we? But we didn't. We we scored a great try from Jackson Aces. I thought that was a bit of genius from him, the way he danced through there and, and scored under the sticks and uh, Inu kicked the goal. Eighteen twelve, there was nineteen minutes to go there. And for that last 19 minutes, if you was Adrian Lamb, you'd have probably wanted to decide to drop a goal there. 19, 12, two scores in front, it's game over. Wigan didn't. I thought Wigan were frightened of us. They seemed to go into the shell and we did all the attacking, didn't we? I totally agree with you, Paul. 18, 12, the Williams, the Williams try, Wigan had put in a massive sort of 15 minutes there of, of intense rugby league, gone up gears, gone up notches to try and out, out sort of outrun us. And they were spent at that point. Hastings scores to make it 18-12 and we we start climbing the mountain. Yeah, pressure was built. The falls were going forward. Gil Dudson, Lee Mossop, you know, out, you know, courageous runs straight down the middle of the field, bashing them Wigan forwards, building a platform for, for players to play off. And, you know, you could sense it. You could sense it was coming. There was no anxiety from, from the crowd, which is a massive thing in that situation because the fans were just kind of trying to suck the ball over the line. And, and, that, and that's what, you know, playoff rugby is, is, is what it's all about. You don't want to get sort of mixed up in the nerves and the pressure because you start making odd decisions. It's about going out there and enjoying it. And I thought the players did for that sort of 15 minutes. They just gave everything and you can't ask for anything more. No, the only criticism I had really was I thought we went a bit too lateral. Uh, like you said, Gil Dudson and, and, and Lee Moss, they were like two gladiators charging forward. I, I thought they were absolutely tremendous. And I, I thought our pack outplayed Wiggins at times in that game. And old Morgan Smithies made a lot of tackles for, for Wigan. But Dudson and, and Moss up, Brilliant. When we got when we got in that last sort of twenty, we did. We we sort of were indecisive. We were going sideways, and it wasn't really working for us. And against Leeds a few weeks ago, we we, we went forward, didn't we? As one, and Joey Lussick scored that 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 game clinching try. And for me, I think that's what we should have done on uh, on Friday night. We can just keep going forward, and I think they would have would have crumbled. I think we'd have scored there. So. But no, it was unlucky. I think you've got to credit Wigan's defence. So I thought they defended absolutely outstanding. They, they, they did everything, didn't they, to, to win the game? And we said that the week before. They, they've got a win at all cost mentality, Wigan. And whether we like it or not, you know, Tony Club, uh, some of the stuff he did it wasn't sort of nice. But it's rugby league. It's not tiddlywinks, is it? It's a tough sport. And it seems like Wigan will do that. They'll, they'll do everything that they can to win. And I think you've got to rise above that. I know I've seen a lot of people moaning about the, the treatment Jackson Hastings got. It's rugby league, though. And, and it would believe will always be like that. Unfortunately, that's this is the game we we love. So they talk they talk about the Jackson Aces incident when when he scores and club goes over the top and clobbers him on the head and Lula White goes in with his knees. It is it is not good. It is not good at all. But like you said, Wigan Warriors are a playoff team and they'll do all they can to win at all costs. And club knows that Jackson Aces can get wound up by 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 late challenges on him because. People do it to him quite a lot. And he knows if he can bang him on his head, it might take, you know, that 10% out of him because he might be more annoyed about that than concentrating on the game. And it didn't quite work like that, but I think it kind of helped later on in the piece when him and club had another set to, um, you know, later on in the, in the second half because, you know, memories are quite sharp when people start banging on your head. And I, and I think Hastings, unfortunately, kind of got sucked in there in that little sort of uh, coming together with club uh, through the previous incident. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you read a lot of things now on social media because it's so accessible about teams, you know, sports calling other teams dirty and things like that. And it makes me chuckle sometimes because it is, it, 
I'm not condoning sort of things in, in rugby league, but it's a tough, physical, unforgiving sport, and every team will try and gain an advantage. If you'd have gone in the Salford dressing room after the game and asked about the Tony Club incident, most of the players probably wouldn't have been bothered about it because if they'd have had the same opportunity, they'd have done the same. Rugby league players are rugby league players, and I'm not saying it's right, you know, but you will. It's gone on since time began. Robbie go through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Players have done it, haven't they? Big finals, big games. You'll always do something to gain an edge, won't you? Whether it's a dirty play. Look at Alex Murphy back in the 70s when he got smacked off the ball against Leeds and things like that. The, the things that go back in time, isn't there? And look at the, the treatment Paul Shaw got when he played for Salford, you know, Paul Farber chopping him around there, things like that. It has gone on for years and, and you'll always get that in rugby league. So I don't get it when people say, oh, Wigan, they're a dirty team and all that. I don't know. It's rugby league. Let's not sanitise this the sport. And you know, if some people had it. We're playing TIG rugby, won't we? Yeah, but uh, you know, they've had a look at the incident uh, at the RFL, uh, and they've they've kind of sort of decided that there's no action to be taken. Um, the reasons that they're kind of giving are valid for me, Paul, because the, the, what this what they talk about is that the the incident should have been uh, looked at as an eight point try uh, for for Salford because he was uh, fouled in the act of scoring. Yeah. So they, they're kind of pushing the book saying, well, the referee should have made that decision. But let's just think about this. He's already made two big decisions against Wigan early in that first half. It's a, it would have been a very, very, very strong referee to, to give Salford an eight-point try there. Yeah, but I think it probably would have been the right decision. But did Robert Hicks see that decision? I don't know. He had a big screen there, didn't he? And they, and they can look at that and what have you. But the way I look at it now is I don't want Tony Club to get banned because if we beat Castleford this Friday, Thursday, there's a great chance we're going to play Wigan again. So what spice that's going to add to the end? That's what the supporters want to see. Let Tony Club play against us again and he's going to get some rough treatment. So, you know, it swings him round about. So let's, let's, let's sort Club out next time we play him. That, that's what makes our sport so great, isn't it? You know, these battles, you know, player battles and forward battles and things like that. And, uh, you know, if things go to plan, we'll, uh, we'll smash Wigan in a couple of weeks. And then obviously they talk about the little coming together between Hastings and and, and Club. Uh, Hastings did get involved in the play later on in in the in the move, um, and so he only kind of started to feel the effect of of his eyes, you know, later on in the piece. But the RFL couldn't say, well, how come he it could have been it could have been used, uh, it could have been done earlier, you no know, late in, in them two tackles later on. So there was no you couldn't pin it down to the incident with Club, even though it probably was. But for them, they need solid evidence. And because they got back involved in the play later on, they can't say it was definitely club that did it. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. You, you could see it. I watched the Super League show. They never got Sky Sports anymore, unfortunately. But I watched the Super League show on, uh, on on Saturday evening. And you could you could see there was a bit of a coming together there. But like you say, it's playoff rugby league, isn't it? You, you know, players are keyed up, aren't they? It's do or die, isn't it? Now, this time of the season, you're a couple of games away from the ultimate prize of Old Trafford. So... We'll have to just move on from that now, learn our lessons from it. Perhaps just be a bit smarter the next time we play Wigan, but we've got a massive task against Cass first. Yeah, but to be honest, Paul, it's not all about sort of the thuggery side of it. You know, Wigan were clever. They pushed us off the scrum once uh, when we were defending. You know, it's little moments like that that you learn in playoff rugby that these sides who were, who were there every season find an edge. They're trying to find an edge on every play. And we've got to kind of learn to be that side. Because when we play the likes of Wakefield and Huddersfield in a league game, you know, that extra 5-10% that the players have experienced in this in this playoff uh, format will come in useful in that game because they know now they can go that extra 10% and they can blow Wakefield or Ulcare okay, okay, out of the water when it really, really matters. Wigan Warriors and St. Helens and these sides are a different kettle of fish, aren't they though? Wigan Warriors are the champions, let's not forget, and uh, you know, they're a very good side and I, I was really, really impressed with their defence. 
I think a, a lot of other teams would have cracked there. Chatting to my dad yesterday, and he was saying, Can you imagine if we'd have played Warrington on, on Thursday night instead of Wigan and Castle to play Wigan or whatever? I think we'd have absolutely battered Warrington. I think it was only because it was Wigan and they had that resilience and that sort of win at all cost mentality. And their defence was, was amazing. You know, like I said, I watched it again on the highlights and it, it was agonising so how we didn't score there. And, you know, that's you've got to give them an awful lot of credit for that. And, um, you know, I'll have solved for blinkers on as much as the next man, but I thought Wigan probably just about edged the game. I thought they were just about the better side, and it was a fair result. Yeah. Well, for me, it shows how far we've come as, as a club because Wigan in that second half, they went up a gear, went up a notch. Every set, we'll test, we'll test, we'll test, and our players stood up to it and, and gave it them back in that sort of last ten, fifteen minutes. It was all us, and it and it shows, you know, like you say, these players they're learning, they're learning how to, how to play playoff rugby. They'll have watched that video. Um, you know, Monday, and they'd have seen how they reacted in pressure pressure moments, and it's great going forward that they've got that in the in the memory bank now in pressure moments to come. Well, no disrespect to Castleford, but if we play like we did against Wigan on on th- uh, Friday night, sorry, we will beat Castleford. There's no doubt about that. I, I saw the Castleford and Wigan game a few weeks ago um, at the DW Stadium, and I thought Castleford looked awful in that game. So we've not got to underestimate them. We've just got to keep playing at that intensity. And it's tough. It's tough to play at that intense level every week, isn't it? But no, I think we come away from that game with an awful lot of pride. And, 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 and you know, the, the way we've come, you look how far we've come in the last 18 months. And I think it's it's an absolute wonder what we've done. And, uh, you know, to, to be saying now that we sort of a, we, we could be possibly 80 minutes away from a grand final come sort of 10 o'clock on, on Thursday evening. So, uh, you know, I looked at the front of the league, especially the day and it said the headline was, and then there were four Salford, Wigan, St. Helens and Castleford. I mean, even to be mentioned with, with these clubs, I think just shows we've done an amazing job. We have, Paul, we have. Um, you spoke to Chris Wellham and Jake Bibby uh, after the game, uh, and this is what they had to say. Right, Jake Bibby joins me. How was it out there tonight? It felt like a grand final at times out there. A really intense game. You against your hometown club, yeah. a team you come into play for next season. You were desperate to impress tonight, and yeah. I thought you had a really good game. Yeah, well, I thought, I thought, it's, I stared out well. Uh, but I thought towards the back end, I felt I was just chasing it. I felt I killed ourselves where on was 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 more like chasing the edge. We weren't doing what we should have been doing, going straight into the middle. Um, I think it was a good game, but. Just really turn up towards the end. What was it like out there on the field? Was it an intense pressure tonight? Was it different to a normal Super Bowl? Yeah, it felt like a grand final. I think we're a young team. I think we're a young team. Not many of us have experienced this at Moose and a few older lads. Um, to me, it's my first playoffs round, so to me, it's especially nerve wracking walking out. But you thrive, you try to think you thrive in it, but like you said, it's you feel like it is a grand final because you're that one step away from the uh, semis. And I saw the panic on your face when Chris and Inouye threw that ball back at you there. What, yeah. what was going through your mind well, there? The six apiece were banging yeah. the game. Yeah, well, I thought he was going to keep all of it. Um, Especially saying all it, all it, but then, as he said, all it <laughs> kind of came flying away. There, yeah. there was a few close incidents in that second half, wasn't there? There, we were desperate to try and get over yeah. the line. It must have been so frustrating. But Wigan's defence, you've yeah. got to give them credit. They yeah. were good, weren't they? Yeah, like, like I said, was chasing Edge, like you said, was chasing them. But the credit, obviously, credit to Wigan. They've been around here. They know what yeah. they're doing. But like, we, I feel like we could have been a bit smarter. But it is what it is. Isn't it? You could be coming here again in the playoffs. You've got yeah, to beat Castleford yeah. first. Yeah. How do you approach that game next week? I feel like they're not really. The hundred percent themselves, so I feel like we've got the one, then all the one edge. We've experienced this playoff final now, so I feel like we've got that one up on them. So I don't see why we should fear anyone after that game today. I feel like that's done us a real, real lot of good. So moving forward, I think we can really 
top for you, like we can take on anyone. I think you've impressed a lot of people tonight, especially being on Sky as well. It was a yeah. real humdinger of a match, wasn't it? You yeah. were sort of toe to toe with Wigan all the way through. Casper yeah. next week. Yeah, well, a lot of people wrote us off, and I think we've kind of proved them wrong tonight. Yeah. Well, unlucky tonight, Jake. Yeah. Best luck against Casper next week. Like. All the best, mate. Wellham joins me. Was that like playing in the grand final that tonight? It just seemed a, a tremendous game to be part of, and you must be really kicking yourself. You let that one get away, but it was a great game. Yeah, it was. Um, that's what playoffs are about. It's like it's like a grand final every game. You got to go with that that mentality and attitude that it's going to be a tough game, and you got to grind results out, grind the win out. And um, you know we were so close tonight. Uh, congratulations to Wigan, then move on and. We, we go again next week and hopefully we'll get another chance at Wigan because I, I really thought we could have won that tonight. How frustrating was it at times there trying to score at the end? I mean, there was a couple of situations where you were trying to desperately get the ball out. You actually forced a drop out with a lovely, <laughs> lovely grubby kick through as well. Yeah, there's a few opportunities on uh, on our right edge. Um, there were shot play uh, a few times, but they, they scrambled really well, did Wigan. And as you said, uh, we, we forced a couple of dropouts, but um, they, they handled that pressure well. And, you know, we... we, we Came up with a couple of errors in, in, in crucial parts of the field, which really let us down. What was the mood in the dressing room after that game? You won eight games on the spin, but you did yourselves proud. To there was nothing to be ashamed about in that defeat, was there? No, no. Obviously, the boys, the boys are gutted. We're all gutted because um, we, we thought we could win. <clears throat> we wanted to win, and we had the chance to win. Um, so the boys are gutted and a, a bit down at the minute. But what I came in and I said right, to the boys, we all should be proud of ourselves. Um, we had a good goal there. Um, we beat ourselves, they didn't beat us, so um, we, we go again, we, we regroup and go again against Castleford this week at, at our place and um, hopefully we'll get another crack at these. What do you think of the support behind the sticks today? I mean, it was an amazing atmosphere in the, in the DW Stadium, Solvers travelling fans, you must have been great to walk out to that start yeah. of the game. Mate, it was unbelievable, none of the boys could believe it, like how many people attended, but it was like our home attendance like in one stand, it was like the noise they made was unbelievable and um, uh, I like to thank them for that and you know, it it did give us an extra boost down game when we needed it. Well, 2019 is not quite over yet. Best of luck next uh, weekend's cast for Chris, and thanks for speaking to Cheers, us. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So you spoke to uh, Chris Wallen and Jake Bibby there, Paul, and both, you know, happy with the performance uh, and, you know, looking forward to more to come. Yeah, certainly. I, I thought Jake Bibby had a good game. You know, he was tested against a, a good Wigan three-quarter line, and you know, there's a bit of pressure on him as well. He's going there next season, isn't he? So the, the Wigan supporters got their first real real look at him uh, on, on Wigan soil since he signed for them. So uh, I thought he did really well. Chris Wellham had an excellent game. He forced a dropout. I mentioned it to him there with a, with a clever kick through. And I thought he played really well. I thought he did really well, apart from that misdemeanour in the first half, which I thought was a good play from Gildart, really. So two excellent performances from them. And, you know, you're probably going to mention the three-word match report soon. It'd be difficult. You could probably give it to anybody in that game. I thought everybody everybody stood up and was counted. Everybody sort of put 100% in and they'd really grafted the socks off. Yeah, they both talk about playing smarter uh, and, you know, the mental attitude of playing in a, in a playoff for, for a game. And, you know, they're both, you know, learning, absorbing it. And, and that's what it's all about. This team is moving forward and hopefully we'll be involved in, in playoffs to come. And you're obviously a big stats man. I'm, I tell you, if you can pull this uh, stat out of the fire, I'd be very impressed. Warrington Wolves, you know, when they started off in the playoffs, kind of a sort of early 2000s, they took a few week, few years, didn't they, to, to register their first uh, playoff win. So it, I know this. I know the the kind of start, the playoff situation is different now because obviously there's more teams involved. Um, but you don't always win your first playoff game, Paul. Uh, so you learn and you move forward. I can remember Warrington playing uh, 2005. See when they brought Andrew Johns over, didn't they? And I think that's the sort of the first shot they had at the playoffs, isn't it? Forgive me if I'm wrong, because they moved to the new stadium, didn't it, for the 2000, 
three, four season around about that time, and that's when they sort of have gone on this upward curve. But if I remember rightly, they got absolutely smashed off Hull, I think, in that uh, in that playoffs. I'm sure Hull got about sixty, seventy points against them. So, so yeah, it, it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always go, does it? It's took them a long time to get to um, to be consistent at the, at the, in the top level, and they've done really well, haven't they? They've still not won a championship for what. 60 odd years, 1955 since they've won one. So it'd be great if we could get to Old Trafford and, and pip him again. So, uh, so yeah, but that's my uh, my stat test pass, I think, there, Rob. Pass your test there, Paul. Yeah, I, knew, I thought you'd know. I thought you'd know. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it just shows that we're on the we're on the start of the journey. The start of the journey of the playoffs. And, you know, what an experience on Friday night for the, for the players to play in that sort of cauldron of, of intensity uh, and, and being able to function uh, and, and play and, you know, the amount of energy they probably, you know, exhausted there, both physically and, and mentally, uh, and to still be that close to Wigan at the end and arguably be sort of the better side and the, and the side that was that, that was going to score next, uh, really, uh, is, is you know, we've got to applaud the, the fantastic efforts of the players and I'm just hoping there's, there's more to come and there's more legs in this uh, this fairy tale. Well, these are the games you want to be involved in, aren't they? I mean, as a Salford supporter, you, you could... You couldn't really dream about those games in, in sort of your wildest dreams, could you? Because who'd have thought we'd ever be in those sort of games? And as you said, it was a real cauldron atmosphere. Fantastic following from Salford, you know, 3,000 3, or so supporters packed into that end there. And it was absolutely fantastic because I was in the, the press seats with you before the game and then I walked around with Gemma Carter and we walked around under the thing and we was we was right at the bottom and we could see all the supporters there because I was trying to find my dad in the crowd and it looked absolutely fantastic. It was amazing and I've never seen an away following like that for years. Never at somewhere like Wigan anyway, so it, it was it was brilliant. It's brilliant to be part of and to get that close. And as you said there, Rob, I think we finished the game the stronger. I think we were the, the side that were looking to score. Wigan, I thought, put the queue on the rack. They were happy to settle for 18-12. So, uh, so yeah, I, I hope we get another shot at them or St. Helens or whoever it's going to be. And we get past Cass and, and get 80 minutes from a, from a grand final. Anything can happen then. And no, I still think there's twists and turns in this season, Rob. I'm not, we're not done yet. I think there's still something there for us and we showed that character and, and grit and determination again on uh, Friday. Like, like you said, Paul, I think I gave him a bit of a disservice last 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 uh, week because uh, I said, you know, this team not really experienced in the playoffs. You know, we'll see how it reacts. Looking at the the team that we had out, you've got Mark Flanagan, uh, who's who's a uh, you know a a, a Super League uh, Grand Final winner. You got Lee Mossup as well, uh, and these boys are kind of like the kind of like switched on as soon as the playoffs as soon as the playoff game came. They, they were hundred percent focused and switched on, and that's and that's experience in the big game, and I'm sure that helped the other the other players as well uh, in in that the cauldron of of, of pressure uh, that we're involved in. Yeah, certainly you've got Logan Tompkins there. I'm pretty sure Logan's played for for Wigan in big finals, hasn't he? Josh Jones as well has also played in a grand final. Uh, Ken Seo and Chris Wellham, I'm pretty sure played in the Challenge Cup final in 2015 for OKR. So you've got blokes in there who've played in in the big finals and the big matches, haven't you, over the years? Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, they've got a, a spine of people who who know what it's all about. But at Salford, obviously, if they manage to get us to to a grand final, that'd probably be the biggest achievement of their career. So they're they're kind of you know, going for that one big hurrah, I think. And you know, with the, you know people who are around them isn't as much as experienced. But I've got the you know the willingness and and the excitement and the, and the you know the drive to 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 drive forward. You know that's a very good combination to have. I think if Salford were to, were to make the grand final in 2019, Rob, I think it would be the greatest story ever told, wouldn't it? It'd make an absolute thrilling film. You know from where where the clubs come from. You know from million pound game just uh, just three years ago. 
Um, it was three years ago, 2016, wasn't it? So, in the playoffs in 2017, a disappointing season last year. You know, to see where we've come from, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it, what, what were the odds at the start of the season? Must have made the grand final. We've got 100 odds to one or something daft like that. So, uh, so no, it's credit to the players, the staff, the medical staff who've kept the players fit. I mean, look at... It's no mean feat that we've not had hardly any injuries this season. I know we've had a few head chamber unfortunately that missed the whole season, but the spine of our side this season, we've not had any major sort of disruptions, have we? And that is not through luck. That is not through luck at all. That is through the great medical staff, the doctor, Greg Brown getting the, the side into absolutely peak fitness. You know, you look at the likes of Gil Dudson, you speak to him, he's in the best shape of his career. You know, the, the physique on the guy, he can he can run. George Griffin, he can go for 80 minutes. And that, you know, this, this intense level of the rugby league, it's not fluke that. That is quality coaching and the way the whole team works as um, as a team. Everyone works as a team, don't they? The whole the whole sort of organisation is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, obviously, like you said, if you're physically fit, then you're mentally fit as well. And that, and that's and, and think with with playoff rugby, obviously our first experience of it since 2006. You know, it's gone up two, three, four gears from I remember when we played Bradford. You know, it's it's super intense and that's where I want this team to be I want to be you know experience this week in week out year in year out uh, you know for, for the next five or six years but it's that first step uh, which we which we did uh, on on Thursday uh, and you know I'm super proud we're proud everyone's proud of the players efforts and uh, you know we'll see what happens in the, in the next installment uh, you spoke to Ian Watson uh, after the game against Wigan Warriors and this is what you have to say <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson. What a fantastic game. That that was what that's what playoff rugby league's all about. You, you might have lost the game, but your boys must have done you proud tonight. Yeah, yeah the big games. I mean, the boys have been real good all season. The mentality that they've turned up for each other and back to each other um, to, to work hard off the ball and defend really hard has kind of been shown again today. They, they, they should be really proud of their efforts. Just a little bit smart to let us down. I think it was the Christian who offloading near his line things like that you can't do but the, the Kenzio one as well how unlucky was he not to score there yeah. in the corner he came really close well that was the thing we probably started chasing the scoreboard a little too early there because we just needed to be patient and build a little bit of pressure but we've chased the edge uh, and you can say yeah we've nearly scored with Kenny but most teams will say they've nearly scored we should have probably just been a little bit more patient not chase the scoreboard um, and then we won't be coming off our own goal line and then forcing um, an offload out, which obviously led to their try. Wigan, they're a gritty side, aren't they? I thought their defence was, was tremendous tonight. Yep. How frustrating was it not to be able to get over that line there at the end? Yeah, it came both, close. Both teams defended really well. That's like you say, it's playoff football, but that's the mentality you've got to go in. You're not going to win games by 30, 40 points in playoffs. If you're two good teams and you can you can defend, then what's your, that's you win games by small margins like what we're going to run today. They've won on the back of our errors today. You take a lot out of that game going forward now to the yeah. Casper game. You're not going to be deflated now, are you? Think, that should spur you on. I think we can't let that define us. It was a big effort and a great effort, but what we've got to do is we'll take our lessons from that, learn from it, and go forward into the Castle game 100% confident. How did you feel our attack was tonight? Was it down to Wigan's defence that they kept us low in score? Yeah, well, yeah, when you get at this point of the season, it's going to be your D that's going to win your competitions. It's not going to be your attack. You're not going to score, like I say, you're not going to score 30, 40 points here. You've got to be really patient, not chase the scoreboard and build that pressure on them and then your points will come on the back of that. And it's generally you're waiting for somebody probably to fatigue in the defensive line where you can pick them off on an inside shoulder or somebody to make a bad read. But it's that level you're playing at. For us, it's experiencing that level now against a top, top team probably the probably the form team like ourselves in the competition at this moment in time 
um, and making sure that we learn them lessons for next week now. A couple of incidents didn't you go your way, there was a, a wayward yeah. Wigan pass and George Williams, but that ball could have gone anywhere then. And I suppose the, um, the Jackson Asians try looking at that, I thought he was fouled in the act of scoring there, that should have been an eight point try for me, what did yeah, you make of that? I think there was one where um, Jacko was fouled on the right side of the field um, as well, where something should have been dealt with. Um, the other one where we kind of got a back to one but we put the kick into the, the corner we should have probably just potentially held that again and build pressure as well so there's a few things but that, that's playoff football it's uh, them little moments that kind of define whether you win or lose them What was the mood in the dressing room like after the game? Is yeah, Boy still positive for next week? Well, disappointed at this moment in time you're not going to get away from that because they've had a real real dig there to be fair the, the efforts are outstanding um, so the, the hurting and the sore that they've lost that game but again, like I just said there, we can't let that define us. We've got to kind of pick up and make sure we go to Castle, uh, go against Castle with 100% confident. I think the support base was outstanding today, but the support we brought, if we can get that and pack out uh, near JVL next weekend, cheer us on to a win so we can get another crack at St. Helens and Wigan. I was just going to bring the support, but how much of a big lift was that for you coming out and the players coming out tonight and you saw that? It was outstanding, the outstanding. Really good. I mean, our away sport's been really good all season. We took quite a lot all year, but that, that was outstanding today. How did you feel as a coach leading your side out tonight in the playoffs for the first time? Is it a different sort of pressure tonight? Did you feel pressure going into the game tonight? Or did you no. say to the players, let's be relaxed about it? No, we wanted to play this game as if this was the last game we were ever going to play. So we gave it a real good crack and the boys did that. They threw everything at it. We've just come up short, but we've got to learn our lessons. It's, it's not a problem for us. Um, we played obviously the top eight when we was in the playoffs there, semi-final. It's not a problem. I'm confident in the boys and in the group that we've got that. They'll turn up and compete. You thrive under pressure. Nothing's as pressure as a million pound game, is it? So anything after that's anything after that's pretty easy, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Isn't it? This is a good kind of pressure, mate. This is where you want to be playing and where you want to be coaching as well. So I look forward to hopefully um, beating Castleford, hopefully, and moving forward to again another shot up with our Saints. More recruitment news this week as well. Kevin Brown's coming. Yeah. How much is he going to be off the field as well as on the field? Massive. When we're talking about experience and in game, big games. That little experience there, um, knowing when to kick as a half, knowing when to hold the ball, when to play back underneath, when to stick with your process. We just we, we played with a little bit too much excitement um, just after the second half started, and we were going a bit too much lateral. Uh, we needed to be a bit more composed there. He will dead set bring that, um, which is going to be a good signing for us on, on, on that front because he'll help give us a two-year composure and he'll help with Niall as well and Joanna. Obviously, we're losing Jacko, and I don't think you can replace a Jacko. Jacko's an NRL player. Um, is a different level of ability but again he's still got things to learn on kind of maturity and game management and he'll be probably be the first to tell you that he needs to kind of to keep growing as a player and as a person to, to get better and to get where he wants to get to Just looking forward there could be a possibility you could have to come to Wigan again in the playoffs depending yeah. on the cast for the result next week I know you won't look beyond that but if you were to come here again would you approach it differently or would it be the same again? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that as a team. And I don't uh, want to give anything yeah, away. Here, what I know. Yeah, we'll look at we'll look at that as a team, and we'll see what was successful for us, what wasn't successful for us, and then we'll obviously speak with people like uh, Jack Tui and, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Well, well done tonight. Unlucky. And just best of luck against Casper next week, mate. Thanks for speaking to us. So, Paul, that was you talking to Ian Watson after the game, uh, and he, like us, was proud of his team's efforts. Yeah, he certainly was. I think that's the first thing he said to his players as he got into the dressing room. I know he's disappointed with the result, but uh, you know he can't he can't question the commitment. I think there's a few little things he'd like to tidy up, and I know if he was to play Wigan again, there's things that the players would look at, isn't there? Things that the, the players would target. You know, we played Wigan four times this season, well five if you include that friendly, and they they beat us five times, haven't they? So uh, they've had the wood on us at the moment, but. Uh, you know, I, I think we've matched him. Every game we've played against him this season, we, we've matched him and uh, he's been there, there or thereabouts. So uh, we're, we're not finished just yet.
he, he talks about he, he says talks about the spark the sparks letting us down. Like like we said, playoff rugby league, you're kind of learning how to how to, to function in this kind of uh, sort of environment. Uh, and I'm sure as a coach, he he can see his players, he can speak to them because he's quite experienced Ian Watson as well. You know, in in international rugby league, and he'll know what what needs to be done. Um, so we'll be able to obviously talk to him sort of process the the uh, the situation they found themselves in and it's only going to make you know the players better Ian Watson will leave no stone unturned now the preparation for Castleford I think will be absolutely immaculate you know what who doesn't stop looking at videos and you know what he doesn't know about rugby league isn't worth knowing he's an absolute rugby league genius what also uh, I'm sure he'll have the players ready for for the for the Castleford game and uh, I still think we're going to be okay, Rob. There's still something in my mind that says we're going to get to Old Trafford. I don't know what it is. I think he's written in the stars this season. That's what I'm saying anyway. Bold statement for me, that. It's a bold statement. Write that one down. Uh, before we start talking stats, Paul, uh, what we'll do, we'll talk about uh, the the mood in the, in the sort of the dressing room after the game. Uh, obviously, players were hurting, but to me, when I was on the field when I was, was watching them, no one was totally broken. They They knew that They've been in a game um, and they've learned from it. It would have been more sort of a worry from it if I'd have seen players like sobbing on the pitch and uh, sort of on, you know, on with their hands on their heads and you know, clearly upset. Because I know that this team knows they've got more to, to come. Um, but yeah, Ian Watson talked about how you know the mood and dressing was disappointing, but he can rebuild uh, them for Thursday night. Well, I think it's disappointing because you've won eight games in the spin and you've gone there with a real momentum and belief and, and put everything into that game and, and just come up just short. I mean, it, it was unlucky, really. I mean, there was chances in that game and perhaps I did them a disservice before saying Wigan were the better side. I thought Wigan just edged it, but, you know, it, that game could have quite easily been 18 all and then gone to Golden Point extra time. So we weren't far off at all. You know, you, even the Wigan supporters said that, didn't they? I don't think they'd have argued if Salford had won that game because we gave it one almighty, one almighty... Uh, Go, didn't we? Do you want me to read the stats out? Yeah, the uh, the meter makers. I don't usually get this to, to read these. That's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, the the top meter maker. I said to you on the, on Friday night actually, Gil Dudson. I bet he's made 150 meters at least, and he made 149. 149 meters for Gil Dudson. It was 139 meters for Ken Seal. 123 for jo- Josh Jones. 95 for Kristen Anu, and 99 for George Griffin. The top tacklers. Uh, George Griffin 45. Lee Mossop, 32, Josh Jones, 31, Joey Lussick, 30, and Mark Flanagan with 27. So a big, big effort. Yeah, and obviously, you know, every tackle matters as well in, in this situation. I remember Flanagan, uh, I think Wigan would look like we're going to crash over in that uh, sort of, I think it might have been the second half, and he kind of like managed to sort of catch him as he was about to put the ball down and kind of roll him to the right side of the line for us. It's, it's not about the amount of tackles you make, not necessarily. It might be the tackles that you have to make that makes the difference. That's what it's all about, and it, it was both sides were like that desperate in defence, weren't they? And uh, you know, working for each other, and the goal line defence for both teams, I thought was amazing. You know, in in such a game like that, where your your lungs are bursting and you you're gasping for air, and some of the players must have been out on the feet there, the monumental effort they put in. I mean, that lad for Wigan, that Smithies, he made seventy two tackles, seventy two tackles in a game. You look at like rugby union, they don't make seventy two tackles in a season. He's made seventy two tackles in a game. It's absolutely a, an amazing effort, and that's the sort of game it was. It was. It was a real heroic display from 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 both sides. Yeah, I think I think I read on Twitter. Twitter, uh, ex Salford winger Jody Broughton said he's 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 he's, he's, he's missed. He's not missed that many in his career. Seventy two. <laughs> so you know, it is a massive amount of effort in one in one sort of game as well, and it shows how much pressure that we were putting Wigan under that this guy's working overtime uh, to to keep us out. 
Yeah, certainly, certainly it was, and it, it it was a monumental effort as we keep saying. And you know, he was proud to be a part of. He was proud to be in the crowd, proud to see that. And I saw a lot of stuff on um, on Twitter on Saturday uh, when I was going to read about the game and just sort of sulk, not sulking, but you know, just looking at the stuff like you do. And a lot of people were slagging off the attendance. It was only nine thousand there, wasn't it? And they were saying that the, the the Wigan supporters hadn't turned out, and and why? One of the the Wigan journalists was saying why why haven't they turned out? And perhaps it's because they're used to these big games and you had to pay for it and perhaps perhaps they've been a bit spoiled by success and the hunger's not there with them but you couldn't say that about Solver supporters it was like a cup final we turned up in numbers everyone was enthusiastic and I think we're desperate for some success aren't we we're all, we're all hungry for it we want to get to Old Trafford and I've heard people say oh if Solver get to Old Trafford they won't we feel it we would fill Old Trafford I, I'm sure of that the, the, there's a real buzz now isn't there and I'm just hoping people buy into it this Thursday and turn out but you know the the atmosphere there on on Friday night at Wigan in the away end was it was amazing because because we're on a journey, Paul. We're on a journey both on and off the field because we, we want to be a team that's competing in your playoffs and in your grand finals and in your Challenge Cup finals, and we're taking steps towards that. We've we've come from a a, a bit of a deep dark place, really, haven't we? We've we've watched some sort of pretty poor rugby league over the years, uh, and this what this team and the direction that the club is going. Is is a, is a bright light in it, breath of fresh air. That's that's the one. That's what the word I was looking for. And you know, to be a fan at this moment, you know, you look back at them moments and you just think to yourself, this is heaven. This is unbelievable. You know, what we're experiencing here is 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 beyond our wildest dreams. And we're just hoping it just continues. You know, for years and years to come. Well, I think I said it in my preview this week um, at Huddersfield away. If you remember back to that first game of the season, it was absolutely freezing. Wasn't it? First of February away there, we had a really good win. And no one really thought we were going to do anything. We had a good win and everyone said, oh, Huddersfield are a poor side. And there was sort of a little candle burning them, wasn't there? But as the season's gone on, that candle has now become a huge flame, hasn't it? A beacon, if you like. And and, and that's, you know, that's me being a bit poetic, I suppose. But it's kept going. And But that belief has grown. I think this sort of early stage of the season before, before May, for the Magic Weekend, we didn't seem to have that belief to, to beat the big teams. We seemed to beat ourselves a few times, didn't we? But I think the players have grown in belief. I think now, They've got that attitude that we can beat anybody and we're not frightened of anybody and they showed that on Friday night. Three questions for you, Paul, that I thought about uh, today. What did Ian Watson learn to play off experience as him as a coach? I think he I think he learned a lot from it. I think he learned it's very intense. You can't afford to make any errors and if you do make errors, they, you know, they, they're going to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you, you make an error, they sort of they stand they stand out, don't they? Because teams capitalise them, so there's not a lot of space for us. But I think he's found a lot of himself from from this season that um, you know you can do it. You know, with, with belief, he, he can do it. He, he can mould the squad, can't he? And, and, and mould the players. And you know, you don't have to spend pots and pots of money on players. If you've got the right attitude, the right belief. He's he's finding it the way to 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 mould players, isn't he? And get the best out of what he's got. And and I read um, a fantastic interview what Gary Carter did with. Um, with Ian Watson this week, and I think it was in the in the, in the paper in the Sun that he writes, and uh, what I was talking about his childhood growing up, and saying that you know sometimes I didn't always have you know things that I wanted, but I made the best of things, and it gave it made me appreciate what I've got, and you can see that in Watto's character and his attitude. Yeah, I thought Ian Watson showed that under pressure he sticks to his his uh, his his structure, he sticks to the way you know that he's he's taught these players how to play. He doesn't panic because. Obviously, eighteen twelve with the clock ticking down, he could have sort of thrown in a, a, a sort of a curveball, you know, player player out of position or something. In one situation, if it if it comes out all right and we go and win the game, it looks like a tactical genius, doesn't it? But if he doesn't, 
you know, players start to question, you know, under pressure, does he start making rash decisions? And for me, he didn't do one Friday night. He stuck to his process. He stuck to the way that, that we play and he trusted it. Yeah, we got beat, but we gave Wigan one hell of a scare. And he, he doesn't flap either, what all does he? I know when you see him on the on the telly, when you watch the highlights back, because obviously you don't see it in the game, because you can't always, you're always looking at the back of his head from the crowd, aren't you? But he doesn't flap. He just has like a stony look on his face. That he doesn't seem to like get get emotional really, and he is he's cool as ice. So, uh, but yeah, doing it, doing a great job. And as we've said this season, his stock has risen, hasn't it? He's got a fantastic reputation now in in British rugby league, and I bet in world rugby league as well. I bet there's people in Australia thinking, wow. What, what a good job Salford and especially with the Jackson Hastings sort of situation you look at the way he left um, was it Manly where he had a bit of a bust up with um, Dele Cherry Evans and you probably look at the Aussies they probably thought oh, he's, a, he's a Wally and that Jackson Hastings he's never going to make it and I bet they're thinking now wow what a turnaround what a player he's looking now so uh, so yeah great great credit you've talked about what the players have learned I, th- I think obviously playoff football is two and three levels where we where we used to play and, we, and you need to reach them heights if you want to go to the next level I bet the players enjoyed it because, you know, from where we've come from, you know, playing bloody qualifiers, you want to, no disrespect to these teams like Batley and Halifax and, and teams like that where we've been to in the qualifiers a couple of years ago. To be playing in these sort of games, it's the pinnacle of players' career, isn't it? You know, other than getting to a cup final or the grand final. These playoff games, you know, like Sir Chris Wellen, who's, who's, who's played his career, you know, really good player throughout his career. He played at, played at Wembley. These sort of games for him are probably like, you know, wow, they'll remember those games for the rest of their lives. What in that atmosphere and coming out to all those supporters. Finally, what did we learn? What did we learn as fans about this? About our our, our reaction in a in a playoff situation? I think we loved it. I think the the fans enjoyed it. I think the supporters deserve it for some of the dross we've watched over the years, as you mentioned before. I think we deserve days like that. We deserve to be treated to the, these these occasions. And and Friday night was an occasion for me. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing to be part of. It was amazing to be part of that atmosphere, that cauldron atmosphere. And it was. It was. The game seemed to fly by, you know, the 80 minutes seemed to fly by because it was so exciting, it was so intense, it was so loud and noisy. And I think the supporters, it's a different level playing at that level. And you you go and ask anyone in that crowd on Friday night, they loved it. And I think they'd they want to you know, witness that again next season. You don't want to be down at the bottom. I think they loved it. And, and and it's tough. I think they learned that as well. It's very tough being in those sort of games. There's no room for error really, is it, as we mentioned before. But I think the, the main thing, they'd have loved it. Yeah, and when there's no fear and there's no anxiety, everybody grows. That's what I learned. Because uh, obviously, that last sort of ten minutes, five minutes, you could you could feel the the excitement from from behind the post. It was oozing out of that end. The noise was unreal. And you know, sometimes we've been in games before, haven't we, Paul? Where you know we we might not get over the line and we drop the ball or the ball gets a touch, and you can just feel the balloon just sort of deflate. And everyone goes, start screaming, shouting abuse and, you know, get really frustrated. But there was none of that on Friday. It was just, we'll go again. We'll go again. And that, and that's, and that is what, it's belief. And, that, and that's what we're, we're nurturing. That's what we're, we're building at, at Salford. That back from the, let's talk about the million pound miracle. That was a turning point. That was the fork in the road where this club went from, he'll drop this till he'll score this. And that, and that's the, the way we're going as a club. And it's what a pleasure it is to be part of it. So were you uh, nice, calm and cool and collected in the commentary box? I've not listened to your commentary yet from Friday night. I bet you're having kittens there in that last 20 minutes or so. We could hear you from the North Stand shouting and bawling. But no, you're absolutely spot on. And um, I think, you know, we're talking about coaches and that. And we've mentioned it before, haven't we? We've had a private conversation. We've had a coffee or we've had a pint together. And we've said um, who's been our um, 
you know, favourite coach watching Salvador, the most successful coach. And we've both said, haven't we, Andy Gregory was good, Carl Harrison was good. But I think for me now, personally, I think Ian Watson's overtook them now. I think this season now he's overtook them. And I was looking at some stats the other day. He's now one of the longest serving coaches in, in the Super. I think there's only Daryl Powell. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I think Powell's one of them that's just above him. So to be in charge for this amount of time, he's building a bit of a legacy now. And it's great to see, you know, rather than having a revolving door where you don't know where you're going to be, the continuity in, in, in being allowed to build things as well. And I think now with him having Ian Blees there with him, we've got Paul King there, who's, who's, who's a director, and he's not got someone over his shoulder mithering him and tinkering and getting involved. He's got Ian Blees and Ian Watson have, have got their own sort of, in a way, they've got their own sort of mechanical set up that they can do what they want with it. And, and that's how it should be. You shouldn't have that sort of pressure. I think they work well like that. They they can bring say right. We will have that player. We'll bring him in and we'll do something with him. And that trust is there. And, and they proved it. They brought people in as sort of you call them sort of work in progress. They don't your projects and that. And and we've done really well at developing players. And and I think that's definitely the way to go. And the signings we've made for next season, I think, are uh, are going to be excellent. And you know we're going to lose Jackson Ace, which is going to be a big miss. But I'm very excited with the players that we've brought in. And I think the future is really bright. Future is very bright. Going back to my commentary, Paul, it was like proper anxiety. Every time we got within like a meter of line, I was like, ow! You know what I mean? Proper. It wasn't, it wasn't good. I should have more of a cooler head. That's what I needed, really. But one of them, you live and learn. Not just players. Not just players live and learn, Paul. That's uh, that's the way it is. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because when we was in the, um, when we go into press rooms at the away games, you know, as we've done for the last couple of seasons, it's difficult, I think, for us because a lot of those people, the, the professional sort of journalists and people like that, they're impartial. They don't really have a team, do they? So, unless you write for like the Wigan Telegraph or whatever, even then you're not really a diehard Wigan supporter. Eh? Whereas I can, and you, we consider ourselves a big Salford fans, don't we? And it's after the game, sometimes, I mean, I must apologise. Some of the interviews I've done with what over the last couple of weeks, I don't think they've been as good. And I think I've probably let the, the podcast down a bit because my emotions have run away with me a bit and I've got a bit flustered, especially the, the whole KR game. Um, the Warrington game the week before and probably this week as well because I've been on such a high after the game I'm, I'm absolutely shaking when I'm doing the interview and that's how it is it's like you're up there you're down there and it, it's, it's very difficult I think sometimes and uh, I think we do alright though but it is tough being a supporter and then taking yourself from that atmosphere and going in switching the phone on silent and listening to a press conference it's I find it really difficult sometimes to be honest I was, I was shaking uh, waiting for what wait, waiting for Wattle to come into the press conference and I set the uh, I had to go I had to like sit down because I thought I need a Get my head out. Get me get my head sorted here. Just to, just to ask a couple of questions and didn't sound like oh well done me. No, 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 no. Okay, sometimes <laughs> like, it's a really weird situation. Yeah, you don't want you only feel you know feel calm and you know collected. But you know you learn from the likes of Gaz Walker. You learn from the likes of, of Gav, Gaz Carter. You you know the, these boys are, are at the you know top of the top of the game, aren't they? And you know what they what they say in press conferences and what the you know what they what they write. You know you absorb that and it hopefully makes us better because basically you know you're learning off these guys. You follow them around don't you virtually all, all the season uh, and you take bits out of each one and it, hopefully that makes us a bit better as well well I think yeah and I think they, they deserve a lot of praise this season Tom uh, Tom Bramwell who does oh, yeah. the uh, Manchester Evening News has, has done some great stuff on us this season Julie Stott Gareth Walker Gary Carter sound like I'm doing the uh, the what's it you know yeah they know they're like they, what is it when you, you win an award for oh, telly awards yeah. and you're thanking everybody but I think they've all done a great job this season the league gets press people as well league briefers Dean McCormack taking his, his photograph I think all the press and the media have done so for proud haven't they? they've talked us up this season I was talking to um, Aaron Bauer who writes for the league express on uh, on Friday before the game I don't really, really know him to be honest but he's a Yorkshire guy I believe I think he's from Bradford and he said to us before the game he said I really hope you win tonight 
And I thought, wow, people are really sort of taking us as the, sort of their second team. And if you go back a few years when we was on, we had Marlon Kukash there, and they say it's bad against him, but people didn't like us then. Whereas now we're gaining lots of friends, aren't we? And that must rub off on the club and it rubs off on the players. And I think, you know, that's a good thing. I think that's a real good thing. Yeah. Um, Three word match reports, Paul. Uh, nearly, yeah, nearly forgot about them. <laughs> Might have to go on a bit of a stretch after this. Um, Ricky P, great performance. Uh, his man of the match was Gil Dudson. Uh, David Wallin, better team lost. His man of the match was Gil Dudson. Um, Andy Lancashire, uh, outstanding performance. Uh, Paul Croft, we go again. His man of the match was Gil Dudson. Colin Reynolds, better team lost. His man of the match was Josh Jones. Briggsy, 90, uh, very, very proud. His man of the match was Gil Dudson. Uh, Martin up the Reds, Dudson. Chris and Janet Shenton, so immensely proud. Uh, their man of the match was Gil Dudson. Colin Wilson, so, so proud. Dudson, Trevor, uh, not very happy about uh, Tony Club. Dudson, uh, Natalie Taylor. Uh, we own the moment. I think that's what it is. I think it's owning the moment in your in your playoff experience that it it because you grow through it and the players grow and the fans grow uh, and we'll see how far we grow. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like we were going to talk about cash shot. There's probably going to be pressure on that game now because it's do or die now, isn't it? In that that game against Wigan, we had a little bit of a comfort sort of blanket, didn't we? Of being allowed to to lose it and have the, the second bite of the cherry. So so now the pressure does really kick in. But whatever happens on Thursday night, we've done ourselves proud this season and. I'm sure it'll be a great night and uh, we'll get the result, don't worry. Harvey, uh, Reed up the Reds, Dudson. Uh, another brain fart, Roy Ellaby, uh, Dudson. Paul, <laughs> it's actually right. Yeah, Paul Foster, never say die, Dudson. Dil, uh, Gil Dudson, you know, I think he's won the three-word match reports uh, hands down uh, this week, Paul. Well, uh, he's my man of the match. I thought he was absolutely outstanding, Gil Dudson, and he has been all season. Um, a lot of uh, eyebrows were raised when we signed Gil, but he's he's come to Salford. He's got himself fit. I can't sing his praises highly enough. I mean, Jackson Ace is probably going to be maybe he was a shooting for Player of the Year for Salford, wouldn't he? He's been amazing. But you know, Gil Dudson for me, he's been up there every single week. And until the Hulkar game, he's not missed a game all season. He missed the Hulkar game, didn't he? That was his one of the only ones he's missed all year. I think Nile Levels has been ever present all season. But Gil Dudson's been amazing every week. He's held his hand up. He's run the ball in so hard and. Him and Lee Moss, as I said before, were the best two forwards on the pitch for me going forward with the ball on uh, on, on Friday night. Both ex-Wiganers as well, and I bet the Wigan supporters were thinking, why did we ever get rid of the pair of them? Because they were absolutely outstanding. Uh, Richard Martin, we are back. Uh, Dudson, John Waite, showing, showed we belong. Uh, Johnny Crowther, uh, proud as punch. Uh, Jones, uh, Mike Singleton, uh, did Salford proud. Uh, and the final one, uh, David Deacon, just a warm-up, and his man of the match was the the whole team. Uh, yeah, like uh, David just said, um, we've got more to come. We've got legs in this uh, in this uh, playoff um, competition that we're in, uh, and we'll have to wait and see what what unfolds next. It's amazing to still be playing at this time of the year. I mean, I panicked last week. I was working Saturday, Sunday. I've not even looked at my shift because I thought after the OKR game, that's it. The season's done and dusted. But now it's like the playoff times. I'm supposed to be on call on Thursday night. You know, night call where I have to stay by my phone all night in my van. Um, I panicked on Saturday. Looks, I thought, I'm on, I'm on call Thursday night. I'm not even in work this week. But I'm on call. I thought, what am I going to do? 
But luckily, I've got some really good mates at work, and uh, one of them said, "Don't worry, pal, I'll do your car for you on Thursday night." I know you've got the, I know, I know, Chris, Chris Barrow, his name is. So I don't, I don't think Chris listens to the the the, uh, the podcast, but you know, I owe I owe the lads at work, a, you know, a big a pint. A lot of them because they do look out for me, and, and when there's a match on, everyone sort of chips in and, and helps me out, covers me shifts for me, and that. So I've got a very understanding work, <laughs> which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Work colleagues. Yeah. Not- which, which is a good thing, because obviously you don't want to be sort of like getting that phone call when we're sat on their line with 10 minutes to go and it's close. And you'd be like, how bad is it? Do I have to go now? That's that's the question. Oh, put your thumb in it. <laughs> put your thumb in it. <laughs> put your thumb in it. Yes, that's the that's the first bit. Have you done that? Have you turned it off? <laughs> that would be, be the first question. But yeah, fantastic performance. So proud of the, the, the boys, you know, the effort the boys put in um, and hopefully more to come against Castleford and, and beyond. Uh, so that was uh, our talk uh, against uh, about the Wigan game, Paul, probably about as long as the match by the look of it. Uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll look at all the big news now uh, coming out of Salford Devils this week. So news this week, Paul. Um, player football is at the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, there's a platinum meal uh, for... Uh, fans who fancy it, £75 plus VAT, two courses. Um, hopefully, they'll get a big uh, you know, crowd in the hospitality uh, to enjoy the game. Yes, I'm sure they will. It's very nice in the hospitality as well. And um, I, I, think, I think there'll be a big crowd there. I think there's a, an atmosphere for this one, appetite for this game. I know Cass would have sold quite a few tickets as well, haven't they? would be interested to see what stand there. And actually, if it was my choice, I'd have them in that north stand behind the pen behind the goal so they can't influence the touch judge. But but yeah, the hospitality is great at Salford, isn't it? And uh, you're probably going to talk about the uh, Player of the Year awards. That's coming up on, on Saturday night as well, isn't it, Rob? It's looking forward to that as well. Obviously, if you want to email hospitality at Salford at Devils Night, net and see what the uh, availability is uh, for that uh, but like you said players awards evening uh, on saturday um 20 pound uh, for a ticket if you want to go one course meal uh, half six and then the awards at eight o'clock uh, dress smart paul so that means you don't come in your lucky shirt <laughs> and then it's over 18s only uh, it's going to be a fantastic night i think obviously an opportunity to to celebrate uh, our fantastic achievements yeah, can't wear my trainers either, can I? On Saturday night, I'm going to have to get dressed up, aren't I? So I've, it's not my lucky shirt now, anyway, because I'm not wearing it tonight. I've got, I've got a different one on tonight, so uh, that, that's, gone, that's gone That now. I can start wearing I can start wearing different clothes to the games, which is a bit of a relief. But yeah, it's, a, it's over 18s only, as well as you said, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to it, aren't we, on, uh, on, on Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to that, as well as a, there's a chicken dinner, as well, I believe, before it. So yeah, really excited for that. And uh, we've got tickets on sale, haven't we, for this Thursday? Are they £15 if you're a season ticket holder, Rob? Uh, you said they were fifteen pound, <laughs> fifteen pound for a season ticket holder. Twenty quid if you if you aren't a season ticket holder. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, with all the excitement over the last few uh, days and all the press coverage that we've got, and you know, people are so will have noticed that, and they'll and they'll realise there's a game on Thursday, and and they'll. They'll they'll come down and watch. We've been on the Sports Zone on Salford City Radio tonight, Paul. This is why we this is why we're together in the same room for the first time in you know in since Paul King, I think. Um, you know we've been shout we've been blowing in the horn, haven't we, about about the game and you know we're hoping that you know that reaches out across the the city uh, and people will come and watch. Yeah, I think the appetite's there now, isn't it, Rob? And um, you look at the brand of rugby league we're playing as well. Look at the way we played at home. 
I don't think we've lost a home game since the Huddersfield game, have we, at the end of June, is it? Start of July. So we've been pretty good, haven't we, in, uh, at home? I think we've been pretty good at home this season, haven't we? So it's been a bit of a fortress, hasn't it? It's, it's certainly in the second half of the season anyway. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting game against Cass, as we mentioned before. We still owe, owe them one, I think, for all the defeats they've given us over the years in knockout competition. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, you know, play a football. Hopefully the people of Salford will... And the surrounding areas, not just people of Salford, because obviously you need to expand your range into Manchester and the surrounding areas. You're hoping that people will switch on uh, and, and come and watch us. I know it's a Thursday night. I know it's not ideal, uh, but this is like a one. This might be a once in a once in a generation moment. This, hopefully not, because hopefully we'll be there next year and the year after and the year after that. But if it if it doesn't turn out to be, you want to be there. You want to be the, the you know to say I was there at the, the playoffs and hoping for a you know a win and then we'll we'll see how far we go. Um, Next bit of news, uh, Jackson Hastings voted uh, 2019 Player of the Year by the Rugby League Writers and Broadcasters Association. Fully deserved. Nobody asked us, which is a bit weird. But, you yeah, know, hopefully, I think we need to figure out how we can get into this. You have to send off, you have to become part of it. I didn't know that until my dad told me the other day. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, pay the fee and enjoying that because we do enough broadcasting and writing don't we so it'd be, it'd be nice we'd have voted for Jackson Aces anyway so we'd really make any odds not really <laughs> we'd have voted for him anyway uh, but yeah fantastic achievement for him um, you know he's, he's, he's red hot favourite to win Man of Steel um, he's, he's a big influence on our side um, you know, what a player and he's, he's, he's kind of like a, a real standout player as well you know we look back at all the, the greats that have managed to pull on a Salford shirt and you know he's he might be he's probably up there with them you know even ahead of them maybe um, yeah, well, I think it's hard to compare to to other eras, and I mean, I I wouldn't like to compare him to players who I haven't seen, but he's probably one of the best players I've seen in a Salford shirt, and you know, it's a shame we, we've just not got him for another year or a bit longer. I mean, it's, it, that's 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 another story, isn't it? But the, the time he's been at Salford, every week he's given hundred percent. You can never ever question Jackson Hastings' effort or commitment to the cause. He'll chase everything. He's got the skills. He, he's a wonderful player to watch, and he's been a massive influence on the the rest of the players this season. I think he's lifted. You know, players who are probably not the best players in the world, and they'll admit it that they're not, but he's probably lifted them to that next level and given them the belief and the confidence to play. So uh, I think he'll win the Man of Steel. I think he's, he's a deserved winner of it. I've seen some of the other nominations, and for me, they don't hold a candle to Jackson Aces. I think he should uh, he should win that by a country mile. Yeah, other bits of news. Uh, Salford announced the signing of Kevin Brown uh, for next season. Um, in England International, experienced, uh, was Widnes's main man for a long, long time. You know, a decent stint at Warrington. We're going to lose Jackson Hastings, but Kevin Brown coming in has similar qualities. You know, he knows his way around rugby field. He's got good quality. You know, he, a lot of people might instantly kind of compare the two, but I don't think you can do that because I think Kevin Brown is, is, is a different type of player. But, you know, he's a good player to come in and, and keeps us at that level. Yeah, Kevin, you can't compare Kevin Brown to Jackson. He's a totally different player. He's at the, the totally different end of his career. He's sort of coming to us, the, the twilight of his career. Now he's like 34 years of age, but he's an, he's an international player. He played, played in the World Cup just a couple of years ago. He was the linchpin for Widnes. He was a good player for Huddersfield as well. Got them round the pitch, didn't he, when he played there. He's had a good stint at Warrington. It's probably not worked out as well as he would have liked it to at Warrington being, being injured this season. But, uh, you know, he, he might not be the quickest player in the world these days, but he's still got an awful lot of rugby league knowledge. And I think what what's going to benefit us from, from Kevin as well as in playing, I think he's going to be his influence on the training pitch as well. And what he does with coaching and, and you've got two young halfbacks in Chris Atkin and Tui Lola here there. They're going to learn an awful lot off Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown probably might not play 
every single game, 80 minutes every week. But his influence and, and, and what he's got there and his character as well, I think he's a good bloke off the pitch. And I think he's a, he's a very good positive sign. He's a good name in the game, very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, and that's what you kind of need to, to, to continue on this sort of journey that we're on. You know, players who come in who take us to the next level. And I, I think he's, you know, he has... He has very good skills, and I think you know playing internationally for so long as well, and playing for the likes of Warrington, you know, in, in their glory years is only going to help, uh, you know, our development. So yeah, looking forward to seeing him in a in a Salford shirt. Uh, other bits of news: uh, the Development Academy um, start their season on Wednesday. Hotwood Holloway, you can watch it uh, on I think it's the RFL website, um, which is a very good thing because obviously you know they are the future uh, of our game, and you know. Never know, there might be a, a diamond uh, in in amongst the rough there, Paul. Because obviously, you know, we are a community club now, aren't we? And, you know, we want to be able to sort of embrace the community and bring these kids through. So you're hoping that, you know, there is a diamond in the in the rough uh, who, uh, you know, could end up uh, wearing a soul shirt for years and years to come. Definitely, definitely, and that's in the in the in the Premier Division and Salford Red Devils A team are, are away in the North West Division again against Win Stanley as well on the, well tomorrow it'll be Wednesday we're recording this Tuesday night so tomorrow so good luck to both those sides I believe Tyro McCarthy's been uh, been training with the students as well I think it was today I saw something on Twitter before so he's uh, getting his teeth into that there and that's another good thing you know the freshers are, are on board aren't they start of the uni sort of year the the academic sort of year so there's going to be lots of youngsters there well it's calling them youngsters they what they what the eighteen nineteen when they start university. So, uh, so there's, there could be a pool of talent there, and if we can get strong links with the student population and in Salford, like like Leeds have, they have massive links with, with student rugby league, don't they up there, and uh, have a lot of students following them. So that could help our gates, help develop young players as well, and they could filter into our system at Salford at the under 19s level as well. So, uh, really good links being set there, and good luck to the uh, the two foundation teams this week. Yeah, you know it's, it's fantastic that we're on this we're on this. Um same journey. I need to find another word, really. But you know, it's like, like you say, development, students. You've got a pathway. We'll use that one, pathway, um, from the youth to the first team. And, and these kind of players that are in that process can only learn, can't they? Tyrone McCarthy going into the, the student, uh, the Silver University, uh, you know, structure, handing, you know, passing on techniques, passing on advice. It's going to make them better rugby league players and he's going to be watching them every week and he might see someone down there and think you know come and play for Salford because I know you're good enough and it, and it, it spirals from there it's fantastic that they've managed to manage to get into you know places like that uh, and uh, help them grow and us grow too well yeah and you think about the population at Salford University I mean sort of 12 18 months ago probably a lot of them didn't know Salford Red Devils existed did they and now we've got a presence in there you get a foothold in there you've got to start somewhere haven't you and if Tyrone McCarthy and the rest of the uh, the people down at Salford can spread the word in amongst the student community. It's only going to help and benefit the club, isn't it? And give us a foothold in Salford and, and reach out to the to, to Greater Manchester as well. So, uh, no, it's, it's exciting times, especially at the student level. Yeah, other bits of news: uh, the supporters trust uh, are helping to sort of raise funds for for the uh, for the new sort of academy that's coming through. Um, they've also got the buses travelling uh, to the home game against Castleford on on Friday. Uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic things the supporters trust are doing. They're getting involved uh, and you know helping the club grow. Yeah, they certainly are, and the reserve team next season, if that can can take off as well, that's going to benefit the club, isn't it? We we don't really know the ins and outs of that at the moment, do we? What's going to happen with it? I'm not too sure. We're looking at a joint venture, but perhaps with Swinton and 
there's an awful lot of things going on at Swinton Lions, isn't there? And a bit of unrest there at the moment. So I'll we'll have to watch this space on that one. But regarding the supporters, yeah, they're doing some good things. I think there's uh, some events coming up shortly in October, I think, as well as uh, fans forums and things like that coming up. So as soon as we find out the dates and times and all the information about them, we shall let you know. Uh, final bit of news, Paul. Uh, sponsor a try back. Sponsor a try is back for the 2020 season. Uh, surely Bradshaw and Joe Burns kind of organising it. Um, pound for you can either do pound or a 50p a try. Uh, fantastic way to raise funds um, for the reserves. I think it's I had a go a couple of years ago. Um, that cost me about 70 quid all in. I think it was on was it on a quid a try or 50 quid a try. 50p a try, sorry, not 50 quid a try. I'm not, I'm not Marwan Kukash. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fantastic thing. You can see it on the, the Facebook and the Twitter how to get involved in that uh, and another way uh, to raise funds. You'll have to explain that to me, sponsor a try. I'm looking at you all. What, what do you mean? What do you, what do you have to do? Every, every time Salford score, you decide if you want to go a pound, a pound or 50p. So every time Salford score, you pay 50p. So if Salford score 10 tries, £10. If it's a pound or five pound, if it's fifty p, so it's you know it's it's good. It's a it's kind of an easy way to to, to raise funds. The way the way things are, the problem you've got is if you lose track, because if you lose track, then you you always end up or you're forty quid. You've got to find forty quid. So it's like you, if you're doing it, I I what I learned from that experience was pay it as you go because if you if you lose or a couple of weeks, leave it, leave it, leave it. Salford rack up a, a forty point, fifty point game. Suddenly you owe them about thirty quid, and you're like, well, "Where am I getting that from?" <laughs> but it is a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it's a, it's a really good thing. Um, you know, hopefully a lot of people will get involved in it. Um, so yeah, just keep your eyes on that. Um, so that's all the the news uh, coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week. Uh, next up, we're going to look at the amateur scene uh, with Paul. Here is this week's Devil of the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off this week with the National Conference Leagues, I think, because it's getting to the playoff time, as it is in all leagues. But we'll just give you the results from Division 3. It was the final round of Division 3 on Saturday, just gone. And it finished up with Waterhead Warriors going down to Drillington by 50 points to 18. And Hewith beat Oldham St. Anne's by 54 points to 20. Waterhead Warriors finished in 8th position on 28 points. And Oldham St. Anne's finished a place behind them in 9th on 24 points. The playoff games were played on Saturday in the Premier Division qualifying semi-final, Wathbrow Hornets 10, West Hull 24. In the elimination semi-final, Thato Heath Crusaders beat Siddall by 34 points to 4. In Division 1, promotion playoff semi-finals, Featherstone Lions beat Wigan St. Pat's by 30 points to 2 and Milford 14, Stanningley 17. So the fixtures for this coming Saturday, the 28th of September, in the Premier Division, it's the qualifying semi-final for the grand final between Wathbrow Hornets and Thato Heath Crusaders. And in Division 3, it's the promotion playoff semi-finals between Hewith and Drillington and Dewsbury Celtic, a derby match against the Batley Boys. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, Saturday the 21st of September, the results in Division 1, Folly Lane 28, Oldham St Anne's A54, in Division 2, Lee Minor Rangers A38, Berry Broncos 16, Wigan St Pat's A30, West Horton Lions 34, and in Division 4, Saddleworth Rangers A22, Caddy Z Rhinos 20. There's no fixtures involving our local sides this week, and we'll turn our attentions now to the North West Youth League. There were some big matches played over the weekend in the under-18s, Division 2 playoffs, massive derby 
game between Langley the Reds and Folly Lane. Folly come out on top. They won by 52 points to 18. In Group 1 of the under-18, Saddleworth Rangers 10, Oral St James 46. The fixtures for this coming Sunday... Under-18s, Group 1, it's Newton Storm against Langworthy, Thato Heath against Folly, West Horton against Wigan St. Pat's and Saddleworth, Oral St. James and Oldham St. Anne's against Pilkington Rex. In Group 2 of the Under-16s, Rochdale are at home to Wardshead and in Group 3 of the Under-16s, Berry Broncos are at home to Goldbomb. Well, we turn our attentions now to Women's Rugby League in the Super League. On Tuesday the 17th of September, Cast Tigers beat York City Knights by 44 points to nil. The fixtures for this weekend, it's Sunday the 29th of September in the Super League. It's Bradford Bulls against York City Knights, Featherstone Rovers against Wakefield, Leeds Rhinos against Wigan Warriors and St. Helens against Castleford Tigers. In the Championship, the results from this weekend just gone. Hull FC and Warrington, the match was cancelled and the points were awarded to Warrington. Alton Redettes 20, Huddersfield Giants 18, Witness Vikings 8, Stanley 32. And the fixtures for the 29th of September this Sunday in the Championship is Huddersfield Giants against Warrington Wolves, Hull FC against Barrow, Alton Redettes against Stanley and Witness Vikings against the Lee Minor Rangers. In League One, the results for this weekend just gone. West Leeds Eagles 34, Hull KR 8 and the game between Wigan St. Pat's and Keithy Alban was cancelled. The fixtures for this this weekend in League One, Halifax against Wigan St. Pat's, Rochdale Hornets against Cutsag and West Leeds Eagles are at home to Keithley Albion. Well that's almost it, it's been a fair bit of uh, number crunching this week in the Amateur Report. I'll just give you a, a round-up of, I know it's not Amateur, but the Super League and the playoffs and all the action that's happening in the professional game. As you know, Salford were beating 18-12 in the qualifying final at Wigan on Friday night in the Thursday night game Warrington Wolves 12 Castleford Tigers 14 in the Betfred Championship Toronto Wolfpack have progressed through to the Grand Final they beat Toulouse Olympic by 40 points to 24 Featherstone Rovers had a fantastic win after their triumph away at Lee last week they won on Sunday by 30 points to 4 away to York City Knights and in the Betfred League 1 semi-finals Newcastle Thunder 38 Workington Town 18 Oldham 22 Doncaster 12 so the fixtures for this week Thursday night Salford in action 7.45 kickoff at the AJ Bell against Castleford Tigers then following night St Helens play Wigan Warriors the winner of that goes straight through to the grand final the loser of that will play the winner of Salford and Cass and Toulouse Olympic play Featherstone Rovers for a chance to play Toronto Wolfpack in the championship grand final that game kicks off at 6.30 on Sunday and the preliminary final for the Betfred League one that's played at 12 o'clock dinner time on Sunday between Newcastle and Doncaster. So quite a lot to get through. That's going to be another exciting weekend of rugby league action. I shall see you on Thursday night at the AJ Bell Stadium. Take care and have a good week. So that was Paul's report on the amateur scene. And uh, next up, let's look forward uh, to the playoff game against Casper Tigers on Thursday night. It's time for the Devil of the Big Red Devils are at home to Casford Tigers at the AJ Bell Stadium on Thursday night, Paul. Massive game for Sulphur Red Devils. Playoff football at home. Big crowd. Going to be a special occasion. Yeah, it certainly is elimination time now as well. So it's a winner takes all game, isn't it? And uh, yeah, we want another crack at Wigan or St. Helens, don't we? And, you know, to get, like I said before, to get to say you're 80 minutes away from a grand final, or we got to within 80 minutes of the grand final, whether we get to the final or not, I think it'd be amazing. And you don't want to go out with a, with a defeat at home, do you? So, uh, 
So no, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we can beat Castleford. Uh, I don't think they're they're all they cracked up to be. I think we should have a, have, have too much for them. I don't think we can sort of underestimate them though. I think they they they, they play well against Warrington and ground out a good result. They've had a decent end to the season as well, and they've got some talented players, haven't they? You know, Jake Truman, the halfback who's come in this season and filled in for Luke Gale after his injuries. You know, really come of age. So uh, they've got a mean pack as well, Castleford, and plenty of pace out wide. So it's definitely a potential sort of banana skin, if you like. You know, Castleford a good side. Yeah. Three questions. Are we favourites? Yeah. I- I'd say we're, we're, we're favourites. Go- if you look at the, the, the online betting, I bet we're favourites. Yeah. I think, obviously, because we finished above them, the, the, the people are going to class us as favourites. And we're at home, which is, which, is a, which is another thing. The problem I've got with being us as favourites is how do we deal with that pressure because obviously we look back at this season where games that we were favourites to win Huddersfield at home none not, we didn't turn up that day got beat Hull last game of the season first half when the pressure was on because obviously Hulkins and Rovers at that point we did you're right Paul we did win but the pressure was on we didn't seem to want to flow we were a bit edgy has to be said so it's how we deal with that for me uh, will be a big uh, you know, thing going forward into the game. Oh yeah, I think so. I think you've got to come out 100 mile an hour for me. You can't afford to start behind the eight ball. You've got to come out 100 mile an hour and throw everything at Castleford and get a couple of quick tries and, you know, anything can happen. Then I think if you come out lacklustre like we did against OKR and a bit nervy, that's when you get dragged into that arm wrestle. And, you know, it's funny how certain things in a game can change the tempo, can't they? You can start getting sucked into to slow play the balls and things like that, which is what OKR did a few weeks ago. So I think we've got to play at a high tempo. And when we play at the high tempo, we're very hard to live with. You know, look at the way we played at, at Catalans this season where we stuffed them, you know, the home game as well, the, the Hull away game, the what, three games against Warrington. We've not been able to live with us, these teams. And I don't think Castleford are, are all that. I think they're a, they're a decent side. But I think if we play to our potential, we've, we've got more than enough to beat them. Does Castleford's playoff experience worry you? Because they have been in the playoffs for a long time, won the leagues, got in grand finals. They've been there, they've done it. We were talking to, I think it was Gaz Walker after the game, and he said that Casper looked tired, Tigers looked tired. But they know what player football is all about. Will they raise the game? That's the, that's the big question. Because obviously, experience in playoffs, we saw it on Friday night. You go two, three, four levels where, where you're used to playing. Uh, Castleford have been there, they know what they have to do to win a playoff game. Um, it's going to be very interesting whether we can back it up again. I thought they looked a tired t- team against Warrington, but I think a tired team can be a dangerous team. They've had a week off now, haven't they? Oh, just over a week off, uh, is, it? is it? You know, they played last Thursday, so they're a week off since that game. So you can't underestimate them, Rob. They're going to raise the game, aren't they? They're two games away from the grand final. So they're not going to come and, and lie down for you, are they? They're going to come and throw everything at you. They've got some good players, some, some sort of players who've played you know, big games before. They've been in the playoffs before, haven't they, like you say? So uh, they know what it's all about. They're a hard team to beat, Castleford. They don't often get, get stuffed. They? They're hard to beat. They've got a good pack, you know, an aggressive pack as well. And they're not going to come and roll over for you. So you're going to have to do the work. And yeah, I think perhaps the, the experience of playing in the playoffs before will help them. But, you know, we, we're there now. We've, we've had a good game against Wigan and we've had some big wins this season. We played well away from home against some big sides and uh, we know what it's all about. So it's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about that. The other, the other question is, how much has, has the Wigan game taken out of our players physically, mentally and emotionally going into this game? Because, you know, playing against Wigan Warriors was one level. We have to go back to that level to beat Castleford Tigers. Then we've got to go up a level again to beat Wigan. 
Then we've got Gulpagavel again to beat Sutherland in, in the grand final. This is a team who had the first taste of, of playoff rugby league on, on Friday night. Um, have they got it in them to go and go and go and go again? I hope so. I'm praying they have because obviously they deserve as much success as they can get because they've worked hard with a shoestring budget. You know, we're all going in the right direction. The, the players, you know, I've given everything so far this season. I'm just hoping that they can raise the game, you know, week after week after week to take us to the promised land. Because if they get, we get to a, a grand final, you know, these players, they get they get etched into history, don't they? And, you know, modern rugby league, modern sport, really, kind of moves on too quick for me. So if these players can, can manage to raise the game again and again and again and go into a grand final and win it, you know, it it would be a, a wonderful thing for everybody. It's, it's amazing to be sat here talking about it, isn't it, really? You're getting to a grand final, you have to pinch yourself. I think there's two sides of the coin there, though. You can say it took a lot out of them emotionally and physically, but also it might be making them more determined, thinking, wow, we've only just lost this game against Wigan. What, we are capable of getting to this grand final. If we play Wigan again, we could win the game. And, and I don't think Castle is as good as Wigan, so we must be thinking we can beat these. So, uh, but you've got to be cautious. You can't have that attitude where we only have to turn up. We don't have to do this. We don't have to bend our backs. We can beat these, you know, playing our pace because you, you won't. You'll get burnt in playoffs. And as you found out on, on Friday night, playoffs is totally different. You know, teams in playoffs don't come and leak loads of tries. They come and they'll give absolutely everything. They'll give every last ounce of effort. So I don't think it's going to be a dead high scoring game. It's not going to be a 40 or 30 odd game. This It's going to be tough. Chances are going to be few and far between. You're going to have to take them. But no, I, I think it could work the other way for us. I think the players are going to be switched on for this and thinking, yeah, we can do this. Looking at the cast team, who are your danger men? Who stands out for Castle of the Tigers as being, uh, you know, who took out for? I think they've got danger all over the place. You know, Jake Truman, the halfback's a good player. Paul McShane's a very, very dangerous player at hooker and his shot kicking game's really good. Liam Watts is a sort of a man of steel contender, isn't he? Big forward, big aggressive forward and... One thing with him is he's one of those players that can lose his temper. So you're going to have the entertainment value. There could be a, could be a few punch-ups in that game and a bit of spice there. And I think that's good. I think that's what we want to see. So he's a, he's a good one. Peter Matout here as well, the, the full-back who played at Lee. He's a very dangerous player. And they've got pace on the wings as well, Minikin, James Clare and people like that. So And don't forget the likes of Adam Milne, the Grant Millington and the forwards. They've got a really good side cast for a good good sort of, I don't want to say workman-like side because I think they're better than that. I think they're... You know they are quality. They've just been a bit inconsistent this season. They've not been as good as, as as previous seasons. But no, probably lost a few players to injury as well this year, haven't they? You know, Daryl Powell might say that they've, they've had a few players out. Luke Gale's missed most of the season, so so I think I think they're going to be tough. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating encounter. Uh, you know, both coaches, Daryl Powell and Ian Watson, both sort of English coaches, wanting to 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 take their club to the next level going to be a fascinating encounter for both Ian Watson obviously wanting to you know prove himself he's got his nomination for coach of the year and you know beating uh, Powell in a in a in a playoff would be a you know a massive scalp yeah it certainly would as I said before Daryl Powell's one of the longest serving coaches in the league isn't he did an excellent job at Castleford he's turned them into um, you know a regular sort of top five side and top six side and uh, you know that on the budget they have there, I don't think they spend as much money as the likes of Saints and Wigan and, and Leeds and Warrington do this. So they've, they've done it really well. There. They've moulded some, they took some players out of the championship, moulded them into really good players. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how we go against them. It's been uh, one apiece so far this season. We won at our place and, and they won a tight game at their place. But they've both been really close games. Yeah. Um, we've gone with an unchanged squad um, moving forward into the game. 
I suppose Ian Watson knows his players. He knows, you know, who's going to be ready and firing and who might be jaded a bit. So we'll have to see what the selection is. I don't think you could change it, really. I thought everybody who was in that squad on, on, on Friday night did really well and you'd be ashamed to drop any of them out of it. I think they all deserve to play again. It's good that we've not got any, any knocks by the looks of it, so there might be one or two bruised bodies, but everyone will want to play this time of year. Everyone will be holding their hand up to play. It's exciting. I mean, if I was a player now, you, you wouldn't want the season to end, would you? you just want to keep going uh, week in, week out. What's the uh, what's weather going to be like? It's got rain all week. Rain, so is it big coat? Small coat? Uh, sort of the lightweight coat? Or just not bothered? Cagool. 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 <laughs> I didn't know there was a Cagool option. But there you go, Cagool. Um, it does. Yeah. Or poncho. Like, a, you know, like this, they have a f- uh, football where they're fixing a roof. Like a poncho thing. We could have one of them. Cagool and mittens and a balaclava. <laughs> it's a kid. That was Thursday. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, or tonight. It's hammering it down outside. <laughs> it could be tonight, to be fair. Um, so, score prediction. Big game for Salford. Playoff football. We experienced it on last Friday. It's going to be tight. What's your what, how's your gut going, Paul? What's your feeling? I've not wrote a score prediction down on the back of League Express this week. Um, gut predictions. I was just I was just thinking one in my head there as you was as you was chatting. Um, I'm going to go for a tight game again. I was going to say 18-12 to Salford, no reversal last week, but I'm going to go 20 to 12. I think Inu will kick a penalty goal late on and just 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 give it to us a bit by eight points. I don't, it's going to rain in it, so I don't think there'll be a lot of points. No. Yeah, it's going to be an intense game, another one. Um, I've got a feeling, uh, obviously, Jackson Hastings, you know, with his eye situation, um, he's put out a tweet, didn't he, uh, early in the week about how him, him and the eye specialists are working together to try and get him onto the onto the field for, for, for Friday. Um, Thursday, sorry. It's going to, if obviously he isn't 100% fit, in a game like this, Paul, do you play him, or do you kind of switch our team a bit about and kind of move, maybe bring Flanagan in and as an extra pivot maybe in the line? Is he is he that good? You can carry him even though he, he might be at sea. It's a tough question. That what do you mean, play him on the bench or just leave him out of the squad completely? I think it'd be very difficult on the supporters not to play him. It could, could in theory be his last. But well, it's going to be his last home game, isn't it, um, at the AJ Bell? So I think it, you'd have to ask Jackson Aces how he's feeling. I'm pretty sure he'd put his hand. I think if it was me, if I was Ian Watson, I'd ask the, ask the player. I'd say, you know, do you want to play in this game? Are you fit enough? Are you going to put your hand up to play for me and leave it as that? Um, I think Jackson Aces will play. I think he'll have a really good game. I think he'll score. And I also think Joe Willosick will score. I think he'll get one of his, his trademark tries from uh, from Walker. I'm going to put some money on that as well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go Salford to win. In a tough, tough game, but I'm going to go big of a big score line compared to you. I'm going to go Salford uh, 32, Castleford 8. Salford 32, Castleford 8, and I'm going to go uh, Ken Seo Atrick. Um, second half Atrick to take us to back to Wigan in a fortnight's time. You fancy Wigan to certainly to beat Wigan on the, the following night then? I can see him winning, but I think we Saints. Saints have they, they bottled the bottled the Challenge Cup, didn't they? So it's how because I've got a mate who's a Saints fan at work, and he's like he's saying exactly the same as I'm saying is they'll bottle it in the big game. So whether they'll battle it against Wigan 
or or bottle in the final. He he can sense it, and he's not the only Saints fan who can sense it. If he's saying it, other people are thinking it, aren't they? So you know, I do fancy. Do I fancy Wigan over Saints? Yeah, I've got because we battle hard on them this week, didn't we? So they're going to go into this second playoff game. So could they be a bit rusty? That's an, that's another thing as well. So I I fancy yeah I fancy a I fancy a Wigan win. Really tight game though. I think they're both going to be really tight games. I I can't really split Wigan and Saints. I know Saints have had the edge on them this season, but. Just the way Wigan played against us, they, they do a die, aren't they? They'll, 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 they'll graph for it. They'll do anything to get the win, won't they? And that'll be another fantastic game on Friday night. Well, a win, a win for them. Win for Wigan sends us to Saints, doesn't it? The week after, and then that's pressure cooker. You've got the Challenge Cup defeat. You've got your first playoff game defeat. Super pressure on Saints at that point. We again have no fear, no pressure on us. That's that'd be one hell of a game if if that record at St. Ellis with 39 years without a win there so but man, these these records have got to be broken sometimes awful record or fairy tale that's 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 the big question in it we'll have to wait and see but let's get let's get the Casper game out of the way first hopefully pray that we we put in another big performance and the boys can raise it again to the same levels that they were against Wigan uh last week and secure our first uh, playoff win of 2019 it's going to be super exciting. It's going to be nerve-wracking. You know, I'm glad I've got a few days off work because I don't think I'm going to be sleeping much this week, especially on Thursdays. Oh, it's... These are the games you live for, though, aren't they? The atmosphere and the... you count every tackle. I used to do that as a kid. I used to count tackles because I was so nervous. And I did it on Friday night for the first time in about 15 years. Every time we get out the ball, I was like, that's one, that's five, referee. Come on, get your hand up. And uh, I think that's what it's going to be again on, on Thursday. And this is what you love. This is why we love rugby league, don't we? Great games like this. And I think it has been a super season. Somebody said to me the other day, it's been um, been a funny season. St. Helens have, have, have done really well. And all the other teams have been mediocre. Totally disagree. I think teams have raised the bar. I think the likes of Salford and, and Castleford have done really well. And London Broncos, you look at the bottom of the table. Well, London got 20 points. They've only finished sort of, what is it? couple of wins behind behind Leeds who finished eighth and then you've got six points between that and the, the top five so there's nothing in it really it's been a great season dead exciting it's gone down to the last game you've got the playoffs now as well I, th- I think it's been wonderful to watch it's been one of my most enjoyable seasons watching Salford this one definitely I, I agree with you Paul like, like the old mantra every minute matters and that's what playoff rugby is but it's been this season really where, where that's coming to play yeah it's been it's been an amazing experience and hopefully there'll be many many more to come uh, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast, Paul. It's been another long one, uh, but I've really, really enjoyed this one because obviously, like you say many times, it's like counselling, this podcast. You just get managed just to sort of get all your feelings out there and get all the emotions out there. Uh, and I'd say I'd like to thank all our listeners for, for tuning in. Uh, we've obviously, just the breaking news is we've broken our sort of listening record, um, our all-time record this week. We had the same amount of listeners this week as we did in all of last year which is amazing. I think a massive thanks to everyone who, who sort of tunes in uh, to the podcast week in, week out. Without you guys, uh, it would just be two lads and a microphone and a laptop. And, you know, we, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy lives uh, and listening to us talk so for the devils uh, every week. Um, you know, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Being, you know, getting involved from the very early days at the Devil and DSL podcast, I could never sort of imagine how, how big this podcast would grow and, and the amount of people that, that tune in and, and, and sort of listen and interact week in, week out. Uh, so personally, i just say, you know, thank you for, for everything and hopefully you'll stick with us for the next five years. 
just on that, are we going to have a beer again this year? Because last season, did we we didn't have one last season, did we? Was it the season before we had a we had a beer and not many people turned up, did we? But if you fancy coming out for a pint with us and having a chat, all things solved. We'll sort a date out, won't we? And let it let it out on here. But just before we forget, I'm just going to mention the, the competition. We're still waiting for the shirts, aren't we, to be signed? They've gone to the club to be signed. We we know the two winners are, so we're, as soon as we've got them signed and sorted out, we'll get get them to the two winners. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. Oh, is it Ian Jackson and Phil Higgin? I think it was. Bloody hell, I've got a good memory, mate. <laughs> yes, we'll get them sorted out, won't we, mate? Yeah, we will. And also, we're going to have a, a three. Obviously, you listeners, you do your three-word match reports week in, week out. Uh, we've got a sort of a trophy, sort of organised to give to the player. It's up to you, Paul. We can either do it. The person who had the most three-word match reports, man of the matches, or we can have kind of a, a game. So each game, the person who gets the most man of the matches gets three points, and the person who gets the second most gets two points, and the person who gets the third most gets one point. Depends how how do you want to slice this dice, how slice this cake. What do you think? What do you think? Do we do the the three points, two points, one point, or do we do just count them up and have them as one big, uh, you know, amount of three-word match report man of the matches? What do you think? Well, considering I spent like a, a Sunday evening cutting out all them people for that shirt win, I'll make you do some work now. <laughs> we'll have a three three point one. You can yeah. talk them out. It's entirely up to you, mate. I think it's it's a fair way either way, isn't it? The supporters have have, uh, have done it. We can do it together, can't we? We're gonna have a brew or something, and we'll we'll do it between us. Oh, he's already he's already done it. This fella, he's he's onto it already. But he's not done it, but he's nearly done it. So uh, so yeah, if you do it that way, mate, that's that's fine with me. I was hoping you'd say that, Paul, because I won't. I'm not going to be getting that two hours of my life back if you didn't. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've got we've got the results. I don't want to spoil it uh, for everyone. I think we might do that next week, maybe if we can get the trophy to the person who's won it. But it's very, very tight, uh, and it's not somebody who you think it might be, which is a bit because I thought it might be one particular person, but it's not at the moment. There is still a, maybe a couple of games to go, and he might cl- and that person might cl- close the gap. But we'll have to wait and see. So that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Utah podcast. Another great show. Really enjoyed this one, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I'm ready for my tea now. You're giving your mate a lift home tonight as well for the radio. We sat all there waiting for us. So it's been a real marathon show. No, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for listening as well. And uh, looking forward to the game on Thursday. Paul, I did warn him. I said, when Paul White, when Paul Whiteside starts monologuing, you know, you might as well walk home. <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah another great show big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast I've been on Parkson you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD you can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD and you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and Radio Contact so thanks for listening and we'll see you next week Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.